You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. He's pretty irreplaceable for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. Judd Zolgad. Such a good dude. I have the utmost respect for him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Boys, we got a new football coach in town. I'm sure excited about this one. Yeah, defense should be good. Yeah, clock management might be a little bit of a problem, but we can work on that. No need to sweat the details. I tell you what, I believe in him. Tracy Clays, he's going to be a good one. You better watch out. We got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. He used to assist. His defense was grand. He's got a girl's name now. Tracy's the man. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Oh, yeah. A close game against Michigan. Victories sure are great. You better watch out. We got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. 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 There are three volumes now. In fact, we unveiled a new track off of Volume 3 today. Dave Harrigan, that was from Volume 1, if I'm not mistaken. You bet. That was uh, one of the first original big hits we had. Tracy Clays is coming to town. And that's because Duke's Tracy Clays was in town and now he's not, which Jerry Kill still seems to be not pleased about. Uh, Kill joined us earlier in today's show and uh, um, had some very interesting and somewhat, well, at times pointed, at times somewhat pointed comments to make about the program. Where would you say Jerry Kill is now in his feelings about this place? Because, you know, I wanted to ask, have you talked to Fleck and Coyle? And it sounds like he might have had a phone conversation with Fle- with Coyle at one point. Uh, but it does. It, cer- it certainly sounds like he's still on very good terms with his guys. Fleck and Coyle are not his guys. No. Now, I'm led to believe he's tried to correspond with Fleck. I don't think they've talked on the phone, but there's been an attempt by Kill to talk to Fleck. That's why I asked the question. I can promise you, Jerry Kill can't stand the buzzword of culture, culture change, those two words, because he feels like the culture was in place. You think about the dumpster fire that he took over that was the Tim Brewster era, all the changes he implemented that he feels like that P.J. Fleck, in his words, walked into a gold mine. I mean, he said that. You know, Jerry's like, I'd love to recruit with that athlete's village. 
Yes. And he's right. Yeah, he did. You know? Yep. But there were things. Here's where I can side with Fleck. So Kill walks away. Tracy Clays takes over as the interim head coach. Then he gets the full-time job. So Jerry was removed for what? 14 months? 15 months? Enough happened in that 14 to 15 months when Jerry wasn't around that P.J. Fleck had to clean up. I won't go into specific details. The afternoon host has mentioned some of the issues with former quarterback Demry Croft. That wasn't a unique situation. And Croft, of course, claimed um, publicly that it had to do with what? Kicking a door Give or me something? A break. I mean, there was an issue that, with no, I get that, the apartment saying, complex, but that's yeah. that's separate from the stuff that was going yeah, on. Pat, Patrick mentioned the use with of the team. Yes. Certain fun, fun things to smoke. Correct. That wasn't unique to Croft. Yeah. All right. Fleck came in, started testing these guys way more regularly, more regularly than the NCAA says you have to test them. Mm-hmm. That was one very specific issue that Fleck has cleaned up. All right. Also, Jerry did say if Fleck means that he's just putting his fingerprints on the program, that's what he really means by the culture change. Jerry did say he's okay with that. I think there is a degree to that as well. But I can just tell you there were things that Fleck absolutely had to clean up, but it's not Jerry's fault. Jerry ran a very tight that's ship. I, that's what I was going to say. That ship got loose those 15 months under yeah. Tracy Clay. I see both sides here. I really do. Exactly. So because, do I. Because I think Jerry Kill deserves a ton of credit mm-hmm. for taking over an absolute dumpster fire left by Tim Brewster. And I think to overlook that is a massive mistake. And I also feel empathy in a big way for Jerry because Jerry loves clearly loves to coach. And that's not BS. He loves to coach. And his health continually will not allow him to coach. The only thing I can think of with Jerry where I would actually point the finger at Jerry and say it didn't work was he didn't find a quarterback. Um, but but as far as cleaning up the program, that's cleaning up a program. What he had to do from Brewster. Now, the other side, though, that I could see to this and where I, I guess I would see Coyle's point is I think you're exactly right. I mean, Tracy Clays was not born to be a big-time football coach, head coach. He is a defensive coordinator, and I think he's really good at that job. Mm -hmm. But when Jerry left here, everything changed, and and it's not his fault. He was sick, but when you leave here and you have, at that time, because Teague was a creeper, you have an interim AD, Mm -hmm. you had to give... I mean, that's why I told Phil from day one that hiring Clays, I didn't really like it because you just felt your hand was forced. An interim AD is not going to go hire a football coach. And so you give it to the next person sort of in line. Is that ideal? Absolutely not. I understand Kill's frustration with Coyle and Fleck making it sound like this thing was a mess because that's not true. Was it going down that path with Clays? I think it very well might have been. I think it very well might have been. And because, as you said, when Kill was here, instance-wise, I don't think he had very much. I there mean, was you might something have with things. Rasheed Hageman. I mean, there sure. was a thing well, here never, and, or there. And you're never going to have a completely but clean program. Nothing. But but a, but a widespread. To the degree of the boycott, for example. But the Brewster and Clays problems became, they were widespread issues. Like, you can't have a team boycotting. And I, th- that whole thing was a complete mess. And 
It was partially born from the fact that the school didn't do a very good job in some areas. Nonetheless, you have to look to your coach to guide that thing. And he couldn't do it. And he's now not, he was in San Diego for like a 48 hour or at least a 36 which, hour stretch to, to, which, to which he went to a press conference to which when all hell is breaking loose. If you are a true head coach, you have to say, I'm not going to that. Like you have to tell Mark Coyle, I'm not. Or going. you've got people on the ground here that you trust. No, you just say, I'm not going. It was yeah, a, one of the two. That's right. But I, I bring bowl. that up because Jerry yeah, brought that. Yes. Up. But it was a holiday bowl press conference. Mm-hmm. You have to look at your AD and say, I, we we have a crisis situation here, Mr. AD. I'm sending my offensive coordinator. And if he says, you can't do that, you have to go to the press conference. I say, are you crazy? Now, that might cause some problems, but at least that's friction that that I get. Um, so I see both sides here. I really do. I and, and if Jerry had stayed here, I think this program would have remained in good shape. I'm not saying that they would have been fantastic, but I think they would have remained in good shape. Mm-hmm. But the day he left, everything changed. Now, have now are Fleck and Coyle guilty of piling on a bit and making this thing sound like, like it was absolute chaos? Yes, probably. Should Jerry Kill be upset about that? I get it, probably. But when you got to quit, it changes everything. It wasn't chaos, but there were things that PJ had to fix. And he has to a large degree. I also think if the boycott a year ago doesn't take place, the, boy, the boycott was chaos. That Mark Coyle still wanted to bring in his own guy. Jerry should also know this. If you think about the faces of that boycott, Jerry still has a good relationship with many of those guys. Mm-hmm. To a man, because I know two of them for sure. All right? And I think it's a bigger number. If Jerry went to those guys, and he keeps in constant contact with a lot of those players, to a man, those players would tell you exactly what you said. Tracy Clays is a really good defensive coordinator. He's not cut out to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. All right. Mark Coyle wanted to bring in his own guy. Heck, you think about the Tennessee coaching search. How many embarrassing coaching searches have there been in the past few weeks? Mark Coyle identified a guy. He got that guy in four days. Maybe the process began even prior. But he got his guy. Yes. His guy can coach. His guy can recruit. Now, I don't think he can sell tickets. You know, I mean, they sold a few extra tickets, but that's still an issue. But give it some time. They did the right thing. They had to bring in a guy that was a leader. Yep. Tracy Clays is a good coordinator. Tracy Clays will coach somewhere next year. He's got he's got some things going well, on. And he should be a coordinator somewhere. He should be. He's, he's a Division One coordinator. He's an excellent he's X's and O's guy. Yep. He is incredibly smart. He's just not a leader. The leader you need to be to be a head coach. Collar joins us next uh, to talk of Vikings. Mackie and Judd is the show. Doogie in for Phil today. Mackie and Judd now continue. Get the name right, and then if you're lucky, don't appear. On 1500 ESPN. Matt Collar covers the Vikings for us, 1500ESPN.com. Mackie and Judd is the show. Doogie in for a fill today. Collar at Winter Park right now. Okay, sir, do you agree with me? And and I, I brought this up a while back on today's show and gotten a ton of response do you agree with me that Anthony Barr should be definitely aware of his surroundings during the course of Saturday's game? Because I don't trust the Packers. Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the old school NFL, I mean, even going back like uh, 15 or 20 years ago, there would be people taking some shots or uh, in a pile jabbing at him or poking his eyeballs or something like that. I feel like one thing that limits players' ability to do extremely dirty things is just how many replay angles we have all the time. 
So maybe, yeah, someone might say, who cares if I get suspended for the final game right. of the year? Yes. I'm going to take that shot. But at the same time, getting suspended for the final game of the year means probably money out of your pocket. And I don't know. I mean, we'll, are we going to see the Packers look kind of like Cincinnati where they just didn't really care because they're eliminated and, and it's just whatever, this doesn't matter? Or are they going to be motivated to go after him? I don't, I don't know. I, I think if, if you're going to see it, it's probably not going to be something obvious. It'll probably be, you know, just, just driving him to the ground whenever they can, when they finish a block, if it's an offensive lineman getting out to him or something like that, taking little chips at him. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of – I guess it depends on whether they've let it go or not, right? I mean, are they still really that angry for, for it, him? It ruined, their, season it ruined their season, Matthew. No, yeah, it did. But, I mean, if they let it go by now because they're out of the playoff race. I mean, I guess that's – I guess that's the question. I, I don't know. I don't anticipate it because I just think that if you do it, you're going to get caught and you're going to get punished probably more harshly because of the circumstances because you won't have an argument that, oh, well, I just, you know, heat of the moment or whatever, like maybe Rob Gronkowski could have argued when he pulled that WWE move. But I think if you do something now when uh, they're expecting it and it looks kind of like pre-planned, you're going to get hit pretty hard with uh, some sort of suspension and fine. I am with you. Now, some people have suggested the comeback is it's not Anthony Barr that should worry. It's maybe Case Keenum that should worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, that they would love to take uh, a, a shot at the the, uh, the Vikings quarterback if they have a chance. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, for me, it's just really hard to say whether someone on their team would want to do it or not. I mean, yeah, I don't I see it. Like, just like, like Anthony Barr on that hit against Aaron Rodgers didn't have to drive him to the ground. I didn't think it was that dirty either. I, I kind of agreed with the guy that you had on earlier from mm-hmm. the Packers that it wasn't particularly dirty, but you didn't have to do it. And probably Case Keenum and the rest of the Vikings are looking at that sort of thing anyway. But, I mean, how is that really different from any rivalry game or any big game that you would be playing, right? I mean, where I mean that's why Anthony Barr did it, because – you're playing against the Green Bay Packers in a huge game that could have major implications. So, yeah, you're going to finish that play. You're not going to let Aaron Rodgers walk away from that. You're going to give him a little extra hit, and Case Keenum will be looking at the same thing. It was a legal hit. I think Packers fans conveniently forget that the NFL did not fine Anthony Barr for that hit. Right, yeah. and Well, I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I get it, though. Like, I mean, the guy ruined your season, um, and they're spoiled as hell for the last, like, I don't know, 20 years plus with uh, – <laughs> Brett Favre, so of course they expect to make the playoffs every single year, and if someone hurts their quarterback, they're going to send you angry, threatening tweets and things like that. I guess that's where I would be a little concerned for Anthony Barr, would be more with the fans, because it only takes like one or two crazy people to do something really stupid, like throw things at him from the stands or whatever it might be. Um, but other than that, I think we'll, we'll probably just get a regular-looking rivalry game. And I think the Packers probably, since it's on national TV, they're not going to embarrass themselves the same way Cincinnati did. So maybe finishing it, you know, blocks to the ground or being a, giving a little extra at the end. But I wouldn't anticipate majorly dirty stuff. I would worry about some of the fans, though. Now, I do think some smart fans sold their tickets saying a bunch of Vikings fans want to come. Hey, it's your opportunity to come to Lambeau. If I can make a lot of money, I'll sell my tickets. But think about those that kept their tickets. They'll be lubed up all day. You think about a 7.30 kickoff, a holiday weekend, you've got 12 or 13 hours they're gonna to get all, all sell, juiced they're gonna up. They're going to all sell their tickets. 
It's yeah, going to well, be all Vikings fans. If you're collar. smart, you sell your tickets. All right, Matthew, what stood out from practice today? Was Harrison Smith sleeveless again? <laughs> no, Harrison Smith uh, had sleeves. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see until the um, injury report comes out, but uh, it appears that we've got a chance to see uh, Riley Reef back at left tackle. I personally think um, that you should give Riley Reef every bit of time possible for him to have his ankle at 100% that uh, he's a guy, you know, Kyle Rudolph, it seems, talked his way into playing last week, and I understand that with a chance to, you know, win the uh, NFC North, and, and you're, you're a tight end, so maybe, you know, you, you don't have to cut really hard on that ankle or something like that. Okay, if you don't think there's going to be long-term implications, but uh, the left tackle position is one that the Vikings have to have at 100%. Uh, in order to be good. The offensive line is where everything starts with this team. And if Riley Reef is at 75% in a playoff game, that's going to be a major problem. So I wouldn't want him uh, re-injuring his ankle. But from the way practice looks, it, it seems that there's a chance that he's going to be back. And also Kyle Rudolph said yesterday that he's feeling a lot better from where he was last week. So his ankle seems to be healing. And if you look around uh, the practice, almost everybody's here. Almost everybody's practicing. I mean, this is an incredibly healthy team going into to the final two. Don't games jinx it, Collar. Yeah, you just jinx it. Don't, you don't jinx that, right? it. They're all going to get hurt Saturday night. I've been saying this for weeks that they're healthy. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as the jinx. I, I would be the person <laughs> uh, when I was doing play-by-play in the minor leagues years ago. Yeah. I used to say, "Yep, the guy's got a no-hitter in the seventh. And you know what? It never mattered. So. I don't believe in the jinxes. All right. Uh, incredible stat I saw a couple days back uh, tweeted about Xavier Rhodes, sir. Since 2016, Xavier Rhodes has held Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and A.J. Green to a combined nine receptions for 94 yards on throws into his coverage. Think about that. Brown, Jones, Beckham, and Green have a combined, combined nine receptions for 94 yards. This is why... We should absolutely positively appreciate the greatness of Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> you have to wonder with those numbers what Xavier Rhodes would have gotten had he waited a year and just hit the free agent market. Like oh. the Minnesota Vikings, the yeah. Minnesota Vikings front office did so many great things in this offseason. And we looked mostly at, okay, you drafted Pat Elfline. Well, he's a star center as a rookie and is a huge difference maker. You brought in Riley Reef. He's been really good at the left tackle position. And Mike Remmers has been good when he's been healthy. You know, so you made all these moves to fix the offensive line. We didn't even really talk about the deal they got Adam Thielen for, top five receiver in yards in the NFL, very reasonable contract uh, that's nowhere close to someone like Julio Jones or the other top paid wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And Xavier Rhodes is among the top paid corners, but he would be easily far and away the number one paid corner after this season, I mean, nine catches for 94 <laughs> yards, that's like a below-average day for Antonio Brown alone. Absolutely. And he's done that to all those guys. Yes. And when you watch it on tape, there's no luck to it. I mean, it is all the fact that Xavier is so big and so fast. There are so few guys in the NFL who could be six foot one and have that sort of speed and quickness to keep up. And then he's got you know the tenacity and competitiveness to, to go along with that and technique as well that's been – you know, mastered over a number of years here, and he's reached the peak of, of his game. And, you know, you just look through this defense, you can go guy to guy. There are so many players who all at the same time are having their best years. Everson Griffin's having a career season. Non-pro bowler Harrison Smith, I think, is having the best season of, of his career and is the MVP of the defense. I want to talk and about that. You could say this, 
And then Rhodes and then Rhodes has gotten even better. I didn't think it could happen from last year, but he's gotten even better this year. The Pro Bowl completely bores me. I'll start with that. Nonetheless, my my long campaign to to rid our planet of this awful all-star game, I think now has come to a conclusion in where it has to go. Honest to God, how do you have an all-star game that is going to lack Linval Joseph and and Smith? That is, I don't care about the game. But to leave those two off this team, and I get it. It's one-third voting by fans who vote for their favorite players, one-third by coaches who don't care, and one-third by players who really don't care. That being said, let's just dump this game. If you can't put those two in, you just shouldn't play it. Well, and having players vote is the most asinine thing there because, uh, you know, I've been around in the locker room now for the last two years. I've been standing there while the NFL Network people came in to have players vote for their top 100. Mm-hmm. And uh, I overlooked, uh, looked over a shoulder of a practice squad player who was filling it out, so he would definitely know. And he was just <laughs> writing his own teammates. He was writing his own teammates. He had Everson Griffin as the best player in the whole league. And, like, Griffin's great, but are you serious? Good report. And, and this is the thing that – and this is the thing that they're weighing, right? Like that they're actually taking seriously. So every year you have the, the people saying, oh man, like, can you believe that they have this guy rated what 43rd? Like, yeah, the, none of this matters. They just write down whoever they can think of, or some guy who's never played in the NFL is writing down his teammates. I mean, it's just like, what a, what a joke. And I imagine that the pro bowl voting is pretty much exactly the same as that. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody gives it any sort of credibility, it, 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 but you know, and the game still gets ratings. People still watch it. I know football, so it's always going to be there. I don't think it's going to go anywhere as long as people watch it. There's many better ideas to do something with a football all-star team for sure. But as long as people watch it, then they're going to keep having it. I ran the question with my Judd earlier in the show, Matthew. Is there any scenario where you can see the Panthers losing this weekend to Tampa? Where the Vikings beat the Packers now, no Devontae Adams, he is out for the game. You know, the Vikings are a nine and a half, ten point favorite. Maybe the Packers cover, but the Vikings should win this game on Saturday night. So the Vikings win on Saturday, then the Panthers lose on Sunday, where the Vikings have one of those top two seeds wrapped up heading into week seventeen. Do you think there's any chance Tampa can beat Carolina where the Vikings can rest guys against the Bears if they so choose? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I thought that Tampa Bay actually did a really good job against Atlanta last week that they looked like they were continuing to stay competitive. I mean, that's always the thing uh, when you talk about these spoilers at the end of the year. Are they going to be Cincinnati or are they going to actually try to play hard like Tampa Bay did? And I don't know, though. Carolina has been playing really, really well. Uh, what they did to the, the Packers last week, it seems like Cam Newton is – starting to get hot, and, uh, you know, Tampa Bay has such a beat-up uh, team. I mean, they're, they're missing most of their defense, basically, and then a couple more players got hurt in that game against Atlanta. But I think I think that's a long shot, so probably uh, we will have to see the Vikings, uh, the Vikings play their starters um, when it comes to that Chicago game, and they won't have that opportunity to play Teddy Bridgewater for the whole game. Thanks, Kyler. Yep, thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Matthew Collar, 1500ESPN.com. Check out his work. Does an outstanding job um, getting multiple posts up per day on the Vikings. So check that out. And actually, we'll be in Green Bay on Saturday night to cover the Vikings and Packers. Very nice. Then he'll be busy in this time slot next week. I am working with Matthew on Tuesday. And I appreciate that. And I believe him and Courtney Cronin are doing Wednesday. 
Excellent. Chris Long and me Thursday. Then I believe it's him and Courtney again on Friday. So Matthew will be a very busy man, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. next week. I'll be sleeping in. Dave, what's coming up in questions? I have a question about the Vikings that might trip your trigger a little, Judd, because it's all about panic and we all stuck a little wolves. Love it. Phil Mackey. Clapping backs and shaking hands and kissing babies. You'd see some smiles. You do see some brightness in his eyes. Judd Zolgad. Here's the difference between Judd and me. I'm a pessimist because it's fun. He's a pessimist because he's serious. (laughs) He believes it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan, you've got uh, three questions for uh, Doogie and yours truly, so fire away. Yeah, let's do this. Let's start with the Timberwolves because that's where we began the show. Right now, 19-13 and 13 after a win last night on pace for it would be roughly 49 wins. Now, from this point on, they've got more of the top teams in the Western Conference to face, and they will also have a little bit more of the Eastern Conference, which is top-heavy. Granted, they've got a couple against the Cavs, but then some uh, lesser opponents. So let's uh, let's put the number at 40, 49, guys. From this point on, are you panicking or not? Over or under 49 wins by the end of the year for this team? Doogie, you want to start us off? It's your show, but if you want me to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't panic. I have good manners. But I would take the under. They have the toughest, or maybe it's the second toughest remaining schedule in the Western Conference. So I don't think they remain on this pace. But fans can be happy. They will see postseason basketball here for the first time in 13 years. This team absolutely is going to the playoffs. It's not nearly as bad as many fans think it is. Now, we can analyze the defensive issues. I brought this up in the first hour. How Brad Stevens with the Celtics, with Jalen Brown a second-year guy, Jason Tatum a rookie, And Kyrie Irving has the Celtics playing the defense they are. Yep. And Tom Thibodeau, this defensive-minded coach, can't communicate, can't teach. These guys don't play defense. They just don't. Butler does. Other guys don't. Well, Gorgie does. I thought Gorgie was good last night on Jokic. If you go back the last two games, they were down 10 with eight minutes to go on Monday against Portland. They came back and won the game. Last night, third quarter, they're down 80-66. to 66. They could have curled up in the fetal position. They did not. They came back and won the game. So the last two games, relatively small sample size, but if you look at the last two games, mm-hmm. there's a bit of progress. But that's fine. We can analyze. There are issues with the Wolves. But I still fall back on this isn't nearly as bad as many fans think it is. I've had people reach out to me and say this is one of the least entertaining, joyless seasons yeah, in joyless, Wolves history. Joyless things might Give be, yeah. me a bleeping break. David Kahn, Kurt Rambis, any number of Jimmy Rogers teams. Heck, my guy Randy Whitman. Some of his teams, right? Well, I'll give you teams Enjoy that the fact I'll, that they I'll are 19 a, and 13. That is a good you record. Want, you want joyless teams? Go back to Mussy. I mean, that yeah, was an well, expansion team, but that was... You You think Mussy was there to have fun? No, well, and you wonder I mean, that was if Tibbs, like. Tibbs is joyless going all the way back to his time under Muscle. I'm, sure, I'm sure it rubbed off. And I think that's part of it, too. I think... Tibbs being as grumpy as he is so often. I told you, I was at the Orlando game the night before Thanksgiving. Yep. Six-year-old Droogie, my son, my older son. Yep. We have good seats. Yep. He turns to me and he says, does the Wolves coach like what he does? 
Does he have fun? He likes what he does. He doesn't like what his players do necessarily, especially on the defensive end of the court, should have been your answer. It's okay to smile from time to time. It's okay to have some well, you'll, fun. You'll also, as Phil points out, you could also sit down. Uh, I'm going to say um, no panic, and I think they end up under 49, but not by a lot. I think they end up yeah. probably around the area of 45 to 47. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, panic. For an organization that's been this horse bleep for this long, pa- panic's not the right word. I mean, you you panic when there's expectations of being good. Let's just say this. If you take a step back and take a deep breath right now, I would be much more concerned about the hockey team that plays in St. Paul than the basketball team that plays downtown. Oh, I agree. I don't even think it's that close. I mean, the hockey team that plays in St. Paul has a bottom six forwards that aren't that good. They got issues. They keep committing penalties. Well, yeah. So, they give up too many goals. So, yeah, for long-term, sustainable success. Yeah. I don't see it with the Wild. So Dave, with the Wolves, I think they can fix some of their defensive issues, become marginally better. They're a top-five offense or top-seven offense. Yeah. They can get to 45-46 so, wins. Dave, no panic and uh, slightly under 49. Amani Toomer, remember him? Former yeah. New York Giants, Giants uh, yeah. Super Bowl Michigan champion. Wolverine, right? Correct, and that's Which, the uh, important part for this story mm. because earlier today he was talking a little Michigan Wolverines football on 97.1 The Ticket, oh, yeah, the ticket. in Detroit. Uh-huh. Talking about Jim Harbaugh. And they brought up the fact that the Wolverines under Harbaugh won in five against Ohio State and Michigan State. This year, eight and four team headed to the Outback Bowl after a couple years where they were ten and three. So certainly a step back. And Mr. Toomer is rather upset. The quote is to me, that's not a supermodel. That's Paris Hilton. That's somebody who's given us nothing. But oh, we're going to Rome. Oh, we wear Michael Jordan shoes. I don't care. I want to beat Michigan State. I want to beat Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yep. That's the passion I have for the program. Jim Harbaugh is the Paris Hilton of college coaches. Fair comparison or not? I actually sort of like it. I think it's fair. I mean, he's he's good. He wears the khakis. She wears the expensive dresses. She is, you know, and, and he seeks. Now, I can't, it's probably not completely fair, but I do like the path he's going down. Because if you think about Jim, Jim's outspoken, right? always in the news or always, you know, doing something weird to draw attention to himself. Um, and if you're and if you're a Michigan fan and you're saying we have to beat the Buckeyes, which Harbaugh has not done so far, and, and I know that, that there's a lot of Michigan fans upset about that, and I don't know that they're going to do it in the foreseeable future, I sort of like the comparison. Okay, Dave, say it again. Amani Toomer said Paris Hilton gave us nothing or to gives me, us nothing. To me, that's a supermodel. That's Paris Hilton. That's somebody who's given us nothing. Well, well give, I mean, how soon he forgets, there's a certain video I'm thinking of that Paris Hilton gave us. So she did give us something, right? This is a Harrigan question. There's I, something I there. Bad. If I'm a Wolverines Dave, fan. Dave's shaking his head right now. I know he, he is. I can't even see him. By your yeah, I'm on the other side of the glass, but I'm not in front of the response. glass. I know. Well, <laughs> hello. I still finger paint, right? I might be age-wise 37, maturity-wise I'm still about 12. Well, you, you are called Doogie. I mean, one should have to pass a test to be a parent, right? One could argue that I should have passed a test to be a parent. I failed it. But anyway, well, that's, yeah, I'm not that's a, a different story. But anyway, if you're a Wolverines fan, yeah, I think you still like Jim Harbaugh, right? You like, do. you can't do much better than Jim Harbaugh. No, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm saying I see the comparison he's trying to make. No, I you know. can't. No, you can't. Eh. You don't. 
There are people that want to run Jim Harbaugh out of town because he can't beat Urban Meyer. That's I got, ludicrous. I got news for you. If that's why, it's crazy. Again, it's unrealistic expectations. Well, yes. If he goes 0-10 over the next 10 years against Ohio State, okay. You have a valid well, point. And A and, three- or four-year stretch? No, I'm Har- sorry. In Harbaugh's defense, too, don't forget, it was not that long ago that Brady Hoke was on your sideline without headphones, basically being completely clueless, and I think the Gophers beat him badly. So, yeah, I mean... Am I saying that I would get rid of Harbaugh? Absolutely not. Do I see the comparison with Paris Hilton? No, a little bit. A little bit. Vikings-Packers, Saturday night. It's going to be cold. We're talking like, what, two degrees? Zero degrees. By the time that game gets done, it's going to be freezing at Lambeau Field. Uh huh. Xavier Rhodes, Vikings cornerback. He's going on a heck of a string of games here where he's had to leave at least for a little bit during the game with an injury. There was a calf. There was a hip. Now, I checked the injury report. He is not on the injury report, at least so far as of this week. But here's the question for the Judd Zolgad panic crowd, the one that likes to worry about what could happen. Brett Hundley at quarterback, no Devontae Adams. If you're running the team, do you say, you know, Xavier, maybe sit this one out? Collarwood. What do you think, Doogie? He has been practicing this week. At this point in the season, a lot of guys are dinged up. He is healthy enough to play. I play him. I told you, I actually want him shadowing Jordy Nelson, even though it appears Jordy is a shell of his former self. Now that Devontae Adams is officially out, Rhodes shuts down Jordy. Mm -hmm. The front seven shuts down Williams. You have a chance to pitch a shutout on Saturday night. That's the one thing this defense hasn't done, right? I mean, it's been 20-something years no. since they've pitched a shutout. No, they've done everything been, else. What was the what was the year of the last one? Because they talked about this during the Bengals game until Teddy got picked off. It's been a while, 92? right? 92? Okay, so it's been, yeah. Oh my God, it's been a forever. Yeah, so I mean, they've accomplished everything else defensively. They even got, finally, a defensive touchdown last Sunday. Yeah, I don't care about... It's now time to pitch a shutout. Rhodes can help you do that. I play him. <sighs> He's not on the injury report. He's played through all this stuff. Um, I play him. I play him. There's no reason not to, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to start to yank people out now, um, I I play him in this game. In fact, I do for sure. I play him in this game. If somehow Carolina loses to the Buccaneers on on Sunday Mm -hmm. and the Vikings win and you clinch... That's when I look at playing my starters for a portion of the Bears game and mm-hmm. and taking them all out. So you can even do that Saturday. I mean, if you're up seventeen to oh, nothing sure, at sure. the half, but I'm just you saying, can remove guys in the third but, quarter. But, but I'm just saying, if things break right and that two seed is yours going into uh, Week 17 against Chicago here, I definitely you know I might start guys, but I take them out pretty quickly. But no, Dave, I would actually play him. So the Judd Zolgad credit. Wow. Even Judd Zolgad would play him. I'm a little Am I surprised. rubbing off on you being in here for the last four hours? No, but if he's not on the injury report and he can play, and let's say you're going to play him sparingly or not play him against the Bears, now do I really want to give him what would amount to three weeks off? Probably not. This is all a balancing act, gentlemen. I mean, the this other thing is to keep in mind. This is a very fine balancing act. We're and leaving I'm not, out a and few. I'm not kidding. Don't laugh yeah, at me. I'm, I'm not kidding. We're leaving out a few talking points. Tremaine Brock. Is hurt. He hasn't practiced all week. Yep. Okay. 
Mackenzie Alexander, I think he plays on Saturday, but he did not play last week. Terrence Newman, you don't want him playing 60-something snaps. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're right. So you actually, just boiling it down, you actually need Rhodes on Saturday. I'm with you. Dave, are you surprised by this? I'm a little surprised by you. I thought you'd say, you know what, it's going to be cold, muscles get tense, he's been dinged up. I th- I think you'd say I I thought you'd say I'd consider it yeah maybe start him and then uh, you know maybe give him two quarters and pull him if uh, if it's not necessary to have him out there long johns Dave just wear long johns that's the key that's all he needs to do I think that's a little simplistic yeah probably I'm just saying stay warm plus they get all itchy Mackie and Judd now continue it's that time again on 1500 ESPN. Hey, Dave, where's Phil? He's had some social media problems lately. What do you mean by that? It's a little like this. I mentioned the trees at Target Field. Royce is sick of me. I said PJ Fleck is the real deal. But Royce is sick of me. I made a joke about Mauer's legs that set off an internet powder keg. No matter how much I may beg. Well, Royce is sick of me. Oh, Patrick, block me on Twitter. I guess my last tweet made him mad. Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I must have said something bad. I love the Vikings' brand new dome. But Royce is sick of me. Maybe I should just stay home. Now Royce is sick of me. Even though he's the biggest troll, there's nothing but darkness in his soul. He doesn't deserve even a lump of coal. But Royce is sick of me. What? Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I guess my last tweet made him mad. Patrick blocked me on Twitter. I must have said something bad. Songs by the Yule Log, Volume Three, the latest release. Now, what, what's the uh, the song total left, David? Are we gonna do one one more tomorrow, or do we have more than that? We'll for sure do one, but anything can happen, Judd. Christmas miracle. I cannot put a uh, put a blockage on you know any any inspiration that might come even in the next few hours. I can't convince you on All I Want for Christmas is you. No, because too many people have asked for that one. We used that tune last year for All I Want for Christmas is two, and it's frankly low-hanging fruit. It is, but it comes down to the lyrics. The idea is fine. It's another thing to deliver on the brilliance of your writing. Right? Wow. Okay, you can suck up all you want, but I'm not doing the you, Darvish, I gotta, all I want for Christmas is you. I'm sorry, I, it's too easy. I got to agree with Dave. And plus, it's been suggested so much by now that it doesn't feel like it would be. It has, but nobody has suggested all. lyrics as far as I know. That's actually not true. I think one guy did write lyrics. Oh, yeah. did he? All right. Yeah. All right. You won me over. Plus, it sort of bores me. I mean, I get it, and it sort of bores me. Why does it bore you? Songs by the Yule Log. Bore you as a whole? Volume one. The idea. The first edition was brilliant, but some songs by Dave were early Beatles, sort of simple. Think about where they are now. <laughs> think about where Abbey Road, Let It Be Right White Now. White Album. White Album. I mean, think about what, it, it is only a matter of time before a sitar shows up on a song. 
And you're asking, and you're basically asking Dave now to sit down again with Love Me Do and write lyrics for it. It's it's kind of a Sgt. Pepper's thing we got going on right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, you are, you you have, I mean, today's song, while fun and, 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 and giddy at times, also took it to another level of, wow, this is really interesting. You're incorporating different songs. Now you're asking Dave to go back to the original catalog of Christmas songs, which has been exhausted, I believe, by us. I just don't think it's that intriguing. What if the twins get him, Dave? If the twins announce the signing of you, Darvish, before the new year, can I change your mind? I could, you could change my mind and then I could pen a new track about perhaps the signing, but I'm not going to use that song. Would you consider stepping out of the Christmas songs and doing, you know, a song in, I don't know, April or May? Oh, my. Now, now, now let it know what most people don't know is... Let It Snow was done, I believe, the year that he was called up in, like, July of that year. And so that, I think that sort of started the idea for the Christmas albums. It did. But but it was done out of season. Very diehard-like. And so I guess the next question would, would be, would you take your lyrical talents and put those to songs that don't have a thing to do with Christmas and say do those songs throughout the course of the year. It could happen. I won't say it won't happen, but you know, there's just something festive about this time of year. Whether it be the Christmas songs, whether it being diving into the Jewish favorites in honor of Doogie last year. Thank you. Um That's a great you know, song. there's there's something just about this time of year that, you know, it's it's dark early, it's dark late uh, in the morning, but you know, we just try to bring a little bit of light. The Doogie song was so good, and this is the ultimate compliment. It was so good that on Saturday last week, Royce had Joey D play it on the air. <laughs> now this is wow. a now this is a man who, when it all started, said, eh, "What? What are you guys this doing? Is this is well, stupid." Well, my boss, my boss is in that same boat. Yeah, he thought it was brilliant. He's been won over by that song. Wow, just that one did it, huh? Yeah, just that one. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> it is brilliant. Now, it's, is it possible, Dave, like, you flip a switch this time of the year? You know, like, diving, you know, deep into the brain of one Dave Harrigan? I think he starts writing long before. That the capabilities of penning lyrics this good just aren't a thing in, like, June, July, August? Oh, I mean, you guys are really... Throwing on the praise here, but yeah, that's oh, that's, a, that's definitely a possibility. And I will say also part of the reason we didn't do all I want for Christmas is you. I already had two, frankly, brilliant gems relating to the twins already in the hopper. I, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta spread it around. All right, we got a couple Vikings. We got the wild poem. We did a wolf song yesterday. Even a lynx mention now, here. Now, in truth, gophers. The, in truth, the genius Packer song came up. Tuesday morning, right? Yes. Like you thought that up on that was not planned out a week before. That was that was that day. I I wrote it See, on Tuesday morning. That's, and, that's where you're going, mm-hmm. McCartney, Lennon, Sergeant Pepper's era, and, and sort of a an offshoot. I mean, we had to I had to change the lyrics to another song that was already previously written, unrecorded, that we felt management wouldn't appreciate anyway. So I figured, why not waste the tune? Let's just use the same tune and change the lyrics and make fun of the Packers. Still like the song that has not been uh, recorded yet. Well, there's no reason that we couldn't do it. Does Judd have to record? <laughs> like, is there a part of you, Dave, where you write down these brilliant lyrics, then you're like, Judd is going to blow it? 
We there try to give zero him. musical talent there. He's not capable of delivering hey, these hey. brilliant lyrics. I fully acknowledge I am Ringo Starr, okay? <laughs> yeah. I fully acknowledge You're that. You're more of a Pete Best. You're the guy we want to kick out of the band. <laughs> All right. We are done. Thanks, Doogie. You got it. Thanks, guys. GL's next.